I'm Gareth. I'm Richard. And this is the APPC Podcast. Well, I better tell the people what we're doing. Look how, look how weird this mm. man, look how weird... Uh, I can't see anything on that. It's very dark. Yeah. But, um, what's his name? No, his name defeats me. But... Oh, they do. The, the lead singer is definitely... Cedric Bixler Zavala. Is that him? Yeah, because then the guitarist... He's not the, ori- he's not the original... Hmm? He's not the original singer, is he? Yes. Or no, at least well, he was from Relationship and Command. Uh, uh, Pat yeah, well, yeah, but the original, like back when the Jim Ward was the original. He's now with Sparta. Yes, but then you know he's the one that. No offense to Jim yeah. Kent, because when they broke, oh. yeah, he was the singer. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh well, some of my notes later on. They need well, not need to be rewritten, just need to be discounted completely because <laughs> uh, my I was kind of like. I wonder what it said about the original singer. Maybe I'd like that more. Well, okay. Bye. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Um, so, yeah, so we are doing At the Drive-In. Yes. In Teralia. Yes. Which in you're having pronounced... Uh, Alia. Well, yeah, there's two words, inter and alia, that they like to put dots in between there as well. Yeah. Because I thought it was interalia, one word. But now I'm staring at it, it's definitely two words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I put an extra dot in here. Uh-huh. My notes. Um, so yeah, the fourth studio album by the post-hardcore band. That's how they describe on Wikipedia. I don't know what post-hardcore means. Well, post-hardcore would be more something like... It's when you start to get experimental within the genre, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they still have the the, vo- the verbose, unrhyming mm-hmm. lyrics. But they are more experimental with their random... Uh, no. Noise. No. Well, it was released. Who's a good post about? Carry on. Uh, that was yeah. me talking to myself. It was uh, released fifth of May, twenty seventeen. The first studio album since Relationship Command, seventeen years ago. Yes. No, that's what made me feel old. Because yeah. I used to listen to it a lot while setting up breakfast back in the day. Uh, Runtime forty one minutes. The mm-hmm. uh, charts. Uh, the U.S. rock chart nine. U.S. independent. Two, US Billboard 200, 39. UK 30, UK Rock and Metal number one. Uh-huh. And Scotland 20. It's pretty good. So, yeah. yeah, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead is classed as uh, post-hardcore. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Big Black would be described as post-hardcore. Remember Big Black and their wonderful album? Songs about fucking. Mm. Their lead singer was Steve Albini. He went on to be... Um, he doesn't like to call himself a producer. He likes to re- call himself a recordist. You know, because like producers, when you think of hip hop, actually make most of the track. Yeah. Right, they sort of meld it. Where he goes, no, 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 you make the song, play the song, and I'll make, I'll capture it the best possible way by like locking Black Francis from the Pixies in a cupboard with his guitar. Now play, you fat cunt, and other such wonderful techniques. Uh, mm. Blood Brothers. They're post hardcore. I love Blood Brothers. At the minute, if you go on my eBay, there's a wonderful Blood Brothers album to be uh, to be bought if you're lucky enough. Because uh, 
I never listen to it uh, on vinyl because it's definitely a walking, angry yeah. band. They have songs as long as 58 seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, review Roundup. Review Roundup. Oh, here they're classing Burning Airlines as post-hardcore. I would describe them as emo. never heard of any of these people. Well, Burning Airlines have two of my favourite albums. In fact, one of them I recently sold yet again. Uh, because even though it's fantastic, it's impossibly hard to find, so I got good money for it. Yeah. Um, and as I've said to you before, I would rather sell something I love for £100 than 10 things I hate yeah. <laughs> for £10 each. Because it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Um, all Music, three stars. Uh-huh. The Skinny, two stars. Uh-huh. AV Club, D. Uh-huh. Consequence of Sound, B. Metacritic, 70 out of 100. Okay. When you look through this, I think post-hardcore and emo, as in old-school emo, yeah. as, as it was before, you know, people started calling Avril Lavigne emo or yeah. some 41 emo. When it was like Fugazi, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Minor Threat. I mean, here they're classing McCluskey as post-hardcore. I love McCluskey. Mm. They are, at best, post-punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think what we're realising here is that the term post-hardcore doesn't mean anything. Fair <laughs> well, Refused is it here, is uh, post-hardcore. No, they're post-punk too. <clears throat> They, they obviously uh, came along with lots of uh, uh, brass. You know, Refused. I'm sure they used Refused recently on a, on a trailer for the new Doom game to bring it... Uh, mm. I've played Doom, so I probably do know uh, music. But... The Shape of Punk to Come. What was it? It's, uh, you know, they go like... Oh, I've definitely heard that, so... Yeah, it's it's the good shit. <laughs> How many uh, members of a SWAT team do you imagine raiding a drug house to that? Uh, a lot of these bands have. Well, Shellac can't be post-hardcore as well. That's another band by Steve Albini. Nah. Nah, whoever created the Slint, I will agree. Slint a post-hardcore. You know? No, no idea who they are. It's me, I don't listen to music. I Not a fan of Nosferati, man. Okay. Touche Amore, I agree as well. They, were, they had one of my favourite albums of a couple of years ago. I can't think what it was called. To Begin, maybe. They were very good and very angry. Touche and more were kind of more like, uh, uh, you know, where you can't understand the lead singer and you actually have to bring the... Uh, it's survived by is what I'm thinking. I'm completely wrong. Um, you know, so their stuff is more... Oh. It's got that old school emo sound going. But then when they sing, this is what I feel like is post-hardcore. In my mind. So the lyrics are more angry and hardcore-esque, but the music is more intelligent. Mm. 
you know. But this is moving towards hardcore. So, you know, like Perfect Pussy with Meredith, Meredith Graves. They're just hardcore. So when you listen to them, I have to go into Bandcamp for that because I bought all that stuff through Bandcamp and I don't actually have it on my phone. Um, if I press the heart, that's all the stuff I've ever bought. And then if I go to something by Perfect Pussy... Driver, that might work quite well. You can already sense where it's going just from the hiss. I will let you hold the phone to see if you can hear any of it. I say no. <laughs> I absolutely love that band. Yeah. Yeah. They saying that. I don't really. I don't mean this in any sort of bad way, but Meredith Graves seems to have accidentally, or maybe on hundred percent on purpose, become some sort of modern day VJ on uh, MTV. She seems to be mm. in an awful lot of MTV, uh, sort of talking to people there mm. in wonderful dresses. I'll take your word for it. Oh, she has a wonderful style. No? no. I fell. I, I accidentally fell in love with the uh, Perfect Pussy, uh, thanks to Handsome Furs. I was watching Adult World, the uh, Emma Roberts, and whoever she's married to in real life, the guy who played Quicksilver. Okay. Yeah. Oh, which and, and jo- oh, my, uh, oh, yeah, yeah which one? No, the, the one yeah, from... Yeah, the X-Men one. Not yeah. The... Not... Yes. Because he's married, obviously, to uh, uh, Sam Johnson, yeah. the uh, director of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> mm. They get good people in those films. It's just everyone who's making them knows their shit. Yeah. How can you make something good when everyone knows it's shit? That's a terrible thing. You know what I mean? Well, let's get James Foley, who I think was probably Oscar-nominated by the, back in the day because he made some solid you know, stuff. And then you go, oh, oh, he doesn't care either. No one cares. Oh, let's get Kim Basinger in this movie. Oh, no, she doesn't care either. Let's, 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 who else can we put more people? Oh, no, no one cares. No one, no one cares, etc. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the second one. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's torture in a way, but I also want to see... The Twilight movies got good when they started to take the piss out of themselves, right? Just little passing comments in the films where you could tell they were having fun, you know. This really just seems like a bunch of people who were just desperate to stay in their trailer and get paid and nothing else. I don't even know how they get paid because they're 18 certificate movies, so I don't even know how they make money. Anyway... um, so yeah, at the driver. Oh yeah, Perfect Pussy, I fell into love with accidentally through Adult World because they were a fake band in the film who got on so well they became a real band. Yeah. I know, right? How cool is that? Uh, Meredith Graves. Graves. That's not how you spell Graves. Hey, it, it fixed it for me. Good for me. <laughs> 
Like that. <laughs> Alright, okay. <laughs> but she screams a lot. In a good way. Cool. Much like Cedric Flubelhorn. Cedric Degree Von. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. Cedric Bixler Zavala. What's the other guy called? What's the guitarist called? With the beautiful glasses and the wonderful oh, afro. Look at you know. Omar Rodriguez Lopez? That sounds really racist, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. That a character from Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he, he drive the car that turned into a boat? Oh, that mask. I thought you meant Jim Carrey's mask. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember any character names from that. Uh, no, I really didn't. Oh, thank God I'm not racist. That is his name. But check it out. Look how, uh, look how fit he was back in 2012. As I say, he looks a bit fat on the back there. Of uh, Omar does, unfortunately. Um, no, Cedric does, unfortunately. Look how high he used to be able to jump. Just imagine what his shins must have been like. Eight foot vertical leap. I know. That's that's the sort of thing you have to learn in Vietnam to get back onto the helicopter. <laughs> oh. I'm not suggesting he's that old, by the way. He's definitely our age. Yeah. <laughs> or younger. Um, <sighs> right. Let's have a look. He's 42. Oh, that's not. He does look like a cartoon of an angry man. I'll say that for him. It's a very intriguing face. Look at that face. <laughs> so let's get into this anyway. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fucking around uh, too much here. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the uh, going into this, what did you know about the band? I knew that they were called at the drive-in, and the the band, the title of the album was Interalia. So you literally hadn't heard any of their yeah. stuff when they were popular. No. I feel like I I feel like One Armed Scissor must have turned up on a get a Guitar Hero thing, but apparently I'm horribly wrong. Never heard of that. Maybe they have more respect for themselves. Uh, well, maybe no, I've never heard of that. So mm. I don't think I'd remember it if I'd. It's a, it, was, what, it would ring a bell or something. One Arm Scissor was one of my favorite tracks, like twenty years ago. Well, seventeen years ago, but who's counting? Uh, <sighs> Do you want to start at the beginning or go in? Because I I can already tell you something right. weird about this album yeah. from my point of view. Yeah. And that's the. Until the penultimate song, mm -hmm. there is no lull. Mm -hmm. And I find that a problem in albums. Yeah. It's like, I said this well, to you during our, when we were out at the gig, but it's like the intensity starts at a four, yeah. and it might go as high as like a 4.5, well, I... and it doesn't I... stop. And it's it's like being bombarded. It was, like, I think, yeah, because up until the end of track nine, most of my notes on that are just about how it's completely relentless. Uh -huh. It's just, I don't know, I was just too much going on, but too much that was very similar to everything else, and that I just. Uh, but that's weird, right? I mean, look at. I mean, we're going to talk about this separately, but. 
The first song Swans played, The Knot, was 50 minutes long. Yes. Which is longer than this album, Mm -hmm. and a lot less happens. (laughs) But I... Well, the answer is, I think if... Oh, shit. If that had been an album, Uh and that had just been the first track, and it had been 50 minutes long, I'd have been like, fuck these guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But because it's live, and you're watching... What they're going through at the same time, you're kind of more, you're more invested in it because you're watching these people yeah, yeah. who, in quite a lot of time, did seem in quite a lot of pain <laughs> while they were doing these things, um, as oh. kind of, or sleep as, this is for as they time. were slowly tortured by <laughs> Michael Gear, their boss in the middle, um, <laughs> who would conduct them occasionally, not risking his fingers <laughs> to, to permanent damage. While the rest of them were just like, when's he going to make a stop? Never. Um, yeah. But I think, obviously, you're more invested in that. This, because well, how long is this? 41 minutes. Uh-huh. So say 30 minutes of this uh-huh. is just, I mean, yeah, it's just non-stop. And it's, I think it was just too much. Because I was just, it was just, I said, just because it all kind of ended up sounding the same to me. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, here we go again. I do understand what you're saying completely. But the thing is, it's like ACDC, right? I mean, ACDC really have one song. I don't care what anyone says. It's a certain feel. And I'm happy to listen to that for a very long time. And it's kind of the same with this for me. So, one song can last 50 minutes. I think the problem is, yeah, one song, like with Swans, one song can last 50 minutes, but the information they get across is very minimal, but and they repeat it over and over, right, until you get into a groove. Uh-huh. This is like forcing down the plot of 15 movies, well, and, and going, do you understand? And you go, oh no. But it's also, I mean, from the other night, every time they're going to go so you can do that it's going to be kind of it's going to be different because you yeah. don't know what his mood is and how he's going to want to do it mm-hmm. and again the basics are there but again they can fuck about with it I suppose it's a bit like how like Fish will do uh-huh. a 30 minute bloody version of one of their tracks yes. because they just jam and fuck about with a lot less uh, what's the word I'm looking for Um they're kinder on their PA. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> just I mean, they're maybe a bit more sort of free conform with it. Sort of yeah, kind of, they're more prog. Yeah, and we're can or can swans are more sort of intense. We're can they're gonna yeah. They're gonna I would, and people will take breaks in the middle of songs. Nobody gets a break in the middle of songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know what he's gonna turn to you and give you the stare and go. You play for me now. Play till you bleed. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> it's no. uh no. I mean you can see why they're classed as the godfathers of industrial. Yeah. I mean they really Um Yeah. But, I mean, good, good. but yeah, come back to this so we can back one. to that later. Right, first track in I knew for about thirty seconds that you must like this band. Uh uh-huh. and not, and this track I thought was a lot different from everything else in that this musically felt very swans like as well. Mm-hmm. And that it was good the repetition was much more in your face and uh-huh. blatant. Yeah. Um and I say musically it really worked. It's just I don't like the dude 
Kim, the singer dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing else really stood out like that for the rest of this album. But this is the first one that was very noticeable. Just the yeah, okay, everything was set in its sort of same mm-hmm. kind of place, just repeated over and over. And this one made more sense than everything else in the album. Okay. So I didn't mind this one so much. But even then, I'm like, oh, I'm going to struggle with this. Yes. So, um. One thing, right, and I know, I think, I don't feel like it used to be a thing they did, but it's definitely a thing they do now, is their use of natural harmonics is insane. The way he'll just sort of like, like how lead guitarist Omar Rodriguez Lopez will just hit, you know, not notes on the guitar as much as like, you know, around the fifth and the seventh fret where you get those harmonics when Mm -hmm. you sort of strum goes, nice. He seems to play an awful lot of those as all of his main riffs. There's a lot of plinky blonky <laughs> high mm. notes from him. I said that like it's a bad thing. It works very well for, for me. But um, yeah, I'm sure it was a thing they used to use occasionally and I really feel like it's something they listen to a lot more. Um, by the time you get to the fourth track, the Governed by Contagion track, the single, yeah. I reckon I've listened to it a million times. Yeah. The first single released 8th December. It's very good. Um, now, see, this is normally the point in albums where I go, oh, and then they totally slow it down here and it kind of ruins how it's going. Yeah. That's the opposite, and that I wish they'd slowed it down. Yeah, yeah, me too. Time, because it just, again, it needed it. Um, it was like, sometimes in other albums you get it where they actually, they, like, they slow it down to the point where it is just stopping your album fucking dead four tracks in. Uh-huh. I'm not suggesting they do a very, very, very slow track. Even if they'd gone to like, well, say for track 10 where it does kind of slow down. Even if they'd gone to that, yeah, yeah. it might have helped me for this album. But it was, just, it was all just too much. I hadn't even finished typing uh, mellow dissonant intro uh, before I went, no, no, I'm wrong. <laughs> We're back in. Oh. Well, I think there's a couple that do that where you're gonna, it starts off and I'm like, Okay, maybe this could be a bit different, and then instantly it's like, no, no, it's not. Mm. I'm pretty sure on the uh, song Cold, uh, Cold Broken Arrow, the, at the beginning of the song, he's doing a Dick Van Dyke impersonation, which I quite like. Oh, <laughs> I think I've kind of given up on notes by this point. I just put down a song about my favourite Christian Slater movie. Brackets. Joking, it's Cuffs, obviously. And then Cuffs? I looked- Is that the one with the dog? I can't remember. I looked up the uh, IMDb for Cuffs and read the synopsis and just went, oh, I don't remember any of this from the film. I thought he was some sort of um, detective. But apparently, no, he's some sort of dropout thing that then gets a gun and somebody gets murdered. But yeah, I was confused by Cuffs. My phone seems to be getting quieter. It's deeply upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I listen to too much live music that's killed the speakers. I don't think this is the intro I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking over. Yeah. I need him to start singing.
He sounds like he's from London. <laughs> what is that? I mean, he sounds like he's doing an impersonation of that. And it starts and you go, is he doing an impersonation of Charlie Hunnam? Which is uh, a mean way of saying Charlie Hunnam cannot play uh, common. Yeah. Uh, or at least common British. Even though he is British. Because every time he does, he sounds like a twat. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see how he uh, does as Arthur in that King Arthur franchise mm. that, according to notes I've read, is no longer a franchise. So not well, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, because I've heard bits and pieces. And, uh, they were going to make six movies. They're now making no more. No. Well, good. Well, don't know. Good. I mean, heard, it's not, uh, yeah, but you want it to. I, I don't want people to fail. No. I like Charlie Adam. I mean, you know, I remember him all the way back to... Uh, Queer as folk back in the day, mm. with uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. You know Littlefinger. Mm. He's the he's the guy Bane was wondering why he would shoot a man. Oh, you know okay. he's in everything. He's the mayor in The Wire, uh, and yeah, Game of Thrones and 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 Dark Knight Rises and uh, well, um... stuff. You see that Tom Hardy... Twelve rounds! He has to fight John Cena in that. If you've ever wanted to see a a three-foot Irishman take on John Cena and nearly win (laughs) in the world's most unbelievable film. (laughs) I'm just trying to turn around and think, did Hornswoggle do a heel turn? Because Hornswoggle was a um, midget in WWE. A dwarf. Whoever it is you're supposed to say. Well, whatever Hornswoggle would want want you to say, that works, right? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. Let's rewind uh, the tape. No, fuck it, it's gone. Okay. I was confused. Um, I can't remember what really track we're on now. Uh, we got to oh, Call Mabubba, Call Broken Arrow. Now, track six. Um, incurably Innocent which mm-hmm. is the second single released to 82nd February yeah. um, the singer the reason I've got the singer's name is that he'd said that it was a song about sexual abuse and being able to finally speak out now I had to look through the lyrics uh-huh. I didn't get any of that I would never have guessed that's what it was about because I, I knowing that I looked into the lyrics going right does this, any of this going to make sense mm-hmm. I don't know no so, I, well, I, that's what it's about, fair enough, but yeah, maybe they, yeah, uh, maybe they're not, not the band take on such a kind of serious subject, but uh, they could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> you could have at least tried. Well, then, probably they did try, but I just, I'm looking at the lyrics going, now that I know what it's supposed to be about, I still, I'm not, still not getting it at all. Uh, anyway, um, Where the fuck have my notes gone? Because I seem to have instantly lost them. Have I accidentally pressed the delete button again? My God, Gareth. Recently deleted. Yeah, I did! Oh. That's well, fine. It's still there. <laughs> so, I don't know where you put your hand, because obviously my little fat palm and the oh. thing. So when I'm not looking, obviously my little fat palm hits it. Oh, dear, Gareth. Well, anyway. Uh, Holt's Claw. Weird name. Yeah. I really wanted it to be about some sort of uh, 
Like, what if Holtzman from that Ghostbusters reboot turned into a werewolf? Maybe after getting possessed by a ghost, if you want to. I thought they were possibly writing the sequel, is all I'm saying. I had nothing for that. It got to that stage where I was going to... Well, I thought they were using, you know, the William Burroughs cut-and-paste method? You know what I'm talking about? Mm. He used to type a page, and then he'd cut the page up, and then reassemble it. It's very much what Bowie did back in the day with lyrics. I feel that's... By that point, you go, yeah, definitely the... The idea they go with here. Um, intensity 4.5. I've actually, uh, in, uh, I do have a scale of intensity next to every track. Just out of pure intrigue. Um, uh, and if you've run out of notes, I will say quite simply, in a final thought, thoughts kind of way, uh, my, my first note in final thoughts was awfully intense. Well, of course it was, Gareth. He wrote an intense chart. No other film, uh, no other album has needed one. But I think my thing is, it's like a high sugar kind of like a like a caffeine bomb, always, right? It forces you up to a level that you're possibly not ready for, and it won't let you go. To... It's like if someone asked me to run or sprint a hundred meters, I could probably pull that off. But if after a hundred meters they tell me to sprint another hundred meters, yeah. that's starting to get tough. And by the time they've asked me to sprint 1,100 metres, I, I really think I'm, I'm going to be dead. Yeah. And there is a certain amount of that. Um, oh. So, you know, some levity would have been nice. Yeah. So I've, I've got a couple of notes, but nothing, nothing positive, nothing worth saying. I think I've kind of said it all already. Yeah, you covered yourself. I, just... I even changed my scale slightly, though. Because yeah. I gave it three out of four, right? Therefore, still going to 75%. 75, yeah. Because I couldn't... I, I wanted to give it three and a half. I, I wanted to give it three and a half. Right? Still being like 70. But you can't actually have half a star on emojis. <laughs> I could have wrote uh, half until I deleted one. So, yeah. Um, what am I going to give it? You don't have to give it anything. No, if you don't I want feel it. like I need to, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my scale as well. Yeah. I'm gonna get three out of seven. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. It's under fifty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's still better than um, Incubus. Yeah. Well, sometimes. I think everything's better than Incubus. Um, Until it isn't, right? Well, going back, I don't think I've hated. Well, I'm going with. I've hated things more than Incubus. Uh huh. But I still think I rated them higher than, in my head, than Incubus. Yeah, three out of seven is... I'm trying to work out, it's what, 43%? Yeah, I think that's, that's all right. It's, yeah. It's, it's almost the meaning of everything. Yeah. Not quite. Um, but yeah, I think one of the, my things with this album is that sometimes when it comes to lyrics, uh-huh. less is more. And I think that's something they need to learn yeah if you shake your fist yeah. at them. but I said, I, just, I said I did keep an eye on the lyrics through it all and it was just like oh why am I doing this why am I putting myself through it I don't know I I mean the lyrics theoretically don't mean much because they're behind metaphor yeah. and everything else but I find them more enjoyable than I found sadistics last week hmm. you know because yeah they seem less immature I'm not saying yeah. they're intelligent or even 
I think using the cut and paste method when you're worried, when you're basically trying to use your voice as another instrument and not trying to get something across, mm-hmm. which has to be the thing with this band, really, because if they are trying to communicate things to me, yeah. I am not receiving that communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I am enjoying everything that's happening. But maybe it's like when uh, little Rick was dancing and everyone loved it and he was like, I'm dying inside, stop it. <laughs> oh. oh that was you excuse me that was me um, so yeah next yeah. time is next time. what is next time the first three tracks of well no that no. doesn't count because that's going up today well then I don't know what we're going to we're going to have a chat we're going to have a chat about swans at some point yep. and then I think we've both come to the realization we have no albums left to review. Yeah, we've we've fucked anything it. else. Uh, oh. So uh surprise. Yeah, there'll be no surprise for everyone. Hooray. Yeah, oh. but then you're busy next Sunday, right? I am cuz I'm not in Aberdeen. Ugh, mother. Well, mother. I'll be back by about lunchtime. Well, you know, I'll, I'm obviously off all day because it's Sunday. Mm. But we'll see how tired you are or whatever because theoretically we would need to pick an album. Slash, yeah. you don't have to because we can just hang out. I think after we've finished recording these, there's enough to keep us going actually till like yeah. the next Sunday. Yeah. Almost. So we can just hang. Cool. So, yeah. Sorry, you're now finding out just how our personal plans yeah, and not anything. <laughs> <laughs> just a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Uh, a peek behind the red curtain. Uh, In the Black Lodge. Uh. Just because you said I can't